This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to episode 43 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal. With me, my good brother, good friend, and DCAU Review Twitter guru. That's his official title. It's Liam. I'm going to get a a monogrammed name tag. It's going to be a lot to fit on one name yes, tag. I agree. It's going to have to be. A lot of sewing. <laughs> so much sewing happening. Better learn how to sew. That's yes. the other thing. Get, get on that. Uh, Liam, we, uh, as we announced last week, we have uh, stepped away uh, from the futuristic streets of Gotham and we have moved back into the world of the Justice League. Uh, so we are picking back up. Uh, it just so happens to be, we decided we're not going to go in order, but we decided the next episode is going to be in order. That is uh, Injustice for All, Parts 1 and 2. Uh, so this is an interesting episode. I, I had kind of forgotten that this episode existed uh, <laughs> until we looked at the uh, available episodes next. Because uh, it seems like uh, it seems like World World was on the on the horizon and yeah. Paradise Lost, which are both episodes that I think we've seen a combined three hundred and fifty seven thousand <laughs> times. Yeah, back back kids back in the days of videotapes, uh, where we, we would watch. Uh, we didn't have cable growing up, so our grandfather would uh, tape these for us off of Cartoon Network. Uh-huh. And the ones we had on tape were definitely uh, yeah War World. I think we had War World Part One. I think we had all of Paradise Lost. But we were lucky enough to have this one on tape. Yeah, it was, and I remember remember uh, when we watched it for the first time, being excited. Luthor is on it. Mm-hmm. You get a uh, you know you start introducing these other characters: Ultra Humanite and Cheetah. Solomon Grundy makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who we who we knew from seeing the old covers of of uh, Detective Comics mm-hmm. uh, and the Super Friends, and, of course, and Super Friends, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know then Cheetah and Star Sapphire and these these other other characters start getting introduced and then of course uh one of our old mainstays old favorites shows up uh, towards the end of part one that being the joker uh and what do you know you have yourself a bit of a legion of doom per se yeah injustice league whichever you want whichever you're uh fancy injustice gang yeah as i believe grant morrison called it in his run there you go um yeah so uh liam let's jump into plot here so um, we talked about it way back when we did World's Finest, uh, that there was a little bit of foreshadowing that came into play later in, on in the DCAU review. There's a quick throwaway line. They talk about uh, the guy that owned the Jade Dragon in that episode, that he had died yeah. from, or the owners... Uh, a couple. Of, yeah, they mentioned a couple of the owners had died. I don't know if they specifically say of cancer but of illness related to the radiation it was giving off that's what they implied yeah so uh they tied that into this episode uh luther at the beginning of the episode has finally apparently bested superman uh superman gets him to confess to how he was able to best him and then uh it revealed that john jones is impersonating superman yeah only for luther to have a seizure and uh, we learn that Luther has blood poisoning. And next thing we know, Luther's in jail. He's hooking up with... No, that's a Oop. terrible choice of phrasing after I say he's in prison. Uh, he he uh, then forms a Partnered relationship. With, uh... No, forms a relationship. Yes. 
and adver- he agrees yeah. to work with the yes. ultra humanite. Thank you, thank you for correcting that. Um, he works with the ultra humanite purely business <laughs> fashion. Please. Purely professional. <laughs> For the love of God. It doesn't start getting weird with Luther till Brainiac's involved later yeah. on. So we'll, we'll talk about the weirdness there later. But, um, yeah, so Luther then decides he's going to pay all these uh, villains to kill the Justice League. As he puts it, a simple task. Yes, destroy Superman yeah. and destroy the rest of the Justice League. Which... I will say as a plot, because obviously later on in, in part two, they do introduce the the part where Humanite makes him like a vest that's going to help, I guess, absorb some of the radiation from his blood, which will hopefully keep him alive longer. But at the time, it seems like Luthor thinks, I'm probably going to die soon. I want to see the Justice League die before I do, basically. Right. So that's kind of... Which is a solid, like, supervillain way of thinking. It's like, a good motivation. He's yeah. not like, I want to get my affairs in order, I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to donate all my money to charity, or he wants to... Use his money Kill to, his enemies. To kill his enemies, that's right. Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I, I like this episode, I think, because it, you know, it was one of our favorite episodes that we had on videotape. Kids, if you don't know what a videotape is, just Google it. <laughs> Um, you know, because we had it on videotape, it, it, it's near and dear, but looking at the plot, it is, um, I don't know. His big idea was to blow up the, blow up the watchtower. Well, that, that almost comes later. Once Joker enters, he reveals that, uh, that Batman put a tracer on Luthor. And then from there, they're like, all right, we're going to lure Batman and then we're going to steal his utility belt and get his, uh, Justice League garage door opener. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and then go up to the watchtower and blow up, which is like, okay, the explosion would probably kill like Hawk Girl and right. the Flash, and I guess being in the vacuum of space, maybe that would. It's like you'd think like there would be something expressly like Superman killing, but as far as we know, it was just like a bomb, like a big right. bomb, right? So. I don't know if that's, like, the best way of uh, killing the entire Just League, but maybe the thought was, well, even if Superman survives, he'll have to come down and fight the entire uh, Legion of Doom by himself at that point. But They don't say it, but maybe the radiation, or uh, the, the blood poisoning, got to Luthor's brain. He is very manic in this episode. He's very over the top. He's just snapping at everyone left and right and insulting everyone. So, yeah, maybe he's not thinking exactly clearly either, but... While it is a fun episode, I will say it's a fun episode. Yeah. Doesn't speak anything against that. As far as the plot making a whole lot of sense uh, to me, I felt like there were some holes. This is not the height of their creative uh, juices. It's mostly we get some villains, we get some heroes, they fight. It's the equivalent of mashing your action figures together. Yeah. Um, so I, I gave it a, uh, a six out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm right in that same ballpark. I'm at uh, five out of ten. Um, okay. thought it was... It's not... Again, not bad by any means, and obviously, as we mentioned, it's it, it, all the way back. It connects us back to world's finest, and you get a little bit more of the Joker Lex dichotomy. It's very clear mm-hmm. that these two characters know each other and, and don't like each and, other. I mean, well, Lu- Joker loves harassing Lex, and right. Lex just hates uh, the Joker so much because of their previous dealings. Right. So it's kind of cool to have those throwbacks, and obviously. Lex having cancer and sort of becoming more of a traditional supervillain for most of the Justice League run. That's, I mean, that's all significant stuff, but that's all kind of big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at these episodes individually, uh, it's yeah, it's fine. Like I said, five out of ten, nothing awful, but certainly nothing that uh, from a you know creative writing standpoint that you would uh, 
that you would really lose your mind over. Agreed. All right, uh, let's move on to our next category. Let's talk about some animation and visuals. Um, I know you have a couple thoughts on this. Um, I'm happy to talk about it too, uh, <laughs> but I'll let you start. Um, what were your thoughts on some of the, the, the visuals here? I think, and part of this, as we mentioned when we first covered Justice League, is some of these designs are not necessarily off-model, mm-hmm. but they don't look the same that they do later on in Season 2, or certainly not in Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So they kind of look off-model a mm-hmm. little bit. And there's also a lot of light in this episode. Not necessarily daylight, but Green Lantern's ring, or the kryptonite is like uh, illuminating yeah. the room in the first scene. Yep. Uh, there's a scene that where, whole first scene is yeah, tr- uh, the it's, animation it's is trash. And then, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> And then there's a scene later where Batman's saving a little girl from a fire. Again, it's very bright. And then uh, specifically, like there's a lot of Batman, and Batman doesn't look particularly like good in this. His episode. eyes keep looking real tiny. Yeah, and his weird. chins like he looks like his chin looks. He looks like he's lost weight, but only in his face. Yeah, like his jaw isn't as uh, particularly square as I'm used to it being. Mm-hmm. So again, these are kind of minor things. I don't think any of it's like particularly awful, and a lot of the the fight scenes between the you know the villains and the heroes are well done. But uh, we actually talked about this. It's like you have to keep cutting away from like the more exciting fights. Like you have a Wonder Woman fighting Star Sapphire or uh, Superman fighting Grundy, and then we have to cut to watching like Hawk Girl fight Copperhead. Right, and right. it's like that's kind of not as exciting so yeah yeah it almost maybe would have been as cool as it is to have all seven leaguers maybe if you could have maybe like martian manhunter and a couple of and, and uh hawk girl could have sat this one out mm-hmm. and we could have had like a, a little more focus on those action scenes i was gonna say c- contrast this with i know we haven't watched it yet but the episode later on where they fight whatever the next the secret society yeah the secret society on the football field yeah and that's that's done really well mm-hmm. from my recollection again i haven't seen it in a couple of years but from my recollection that fight scene is done really well and you do have the significant portion of the the leaders there fighting but you know it's yeah, yeah i would agree with you i think also they felt almost a little bit claustrophobic because they were t- it all took place inside this weird like rip off disney studio yes. or something um, a, it was like a studio but like a store because yeah. there's like a lot of giant like statues of cartoon characters including yeah. the wonder twins and right and a duck who i might be from tiny tunes but i'm not sure there's definitely a mickey mouse ripoff like yeah. there was some there was some weirdness there yeah, definitely um but yeah it, it felt claustrophobic because that was like the only lack mm-hmm. of a better word that was where the major set piece was um, so it felt like they were they were contained a little bit in that area. So we did get a return of my favorite Joker weapon, the exploding marbles. There you go, absolutely. Uh, to tr- I did like seeing also like a Batman villain. Uh, he is able to get away from both Wonder Woman and the Flash in, yes. in sequential order, which is again f- the flip side of Batman generally being able to fight with these super powered types. Is that Joker is also probably a little more cunning and a little more forward thinking than a lot of villains that either Wonder Woman or, or The Flash have fought up to this point. So. That's fair and true. You know, we we also haven't talked about it yet, but this uh, we did mention it before we went on the air, is this is the first episode with the return of the new-look Joker. We, Correct. Uh, obviously, it did it did make an appearance during ba- uh, Return of the return Joker, of the Joker uh, which we have not covered just not yet. yet. Um, but this is the first appearance that we would be talking about the, yes. the, the, the 
the revised new Batman <laughs> Adventures yes. uh, Joker, um, which is good. It's he's far more expressive. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less weird looking. I would say His definitely eyes are back to like more of the original animated series. There's he's got the diamond eyes again. His and... expressions are are more. Tr- uh, similar to the original Joker from Batman the Animated yes. Series, as opposed to the off-the-wall cartoony, outside-the-box yeah, look that he looked in New, New Batman Adventures. So I, I, that was a plus for me. Um, I don't think I've mentioned it yet. So my my animation visuals, uh, my my complaint was definitely with the animation. Uh, that first scene where the whole scene is lit by the green kryptonite is bad yeah um there and then the rest of the episode all the colors to me seemed very muted yes um there's and it's 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 difficult because we're going from episodes like batman beyond where the characters have very distinct even the dark characters like ink have bright blue highlights Mm -hmm. or you have you know spellbinder has a bright red uh, and it contrasts very well with the darkness. And I think some of that comes from the, the we're now into the, the shows that use the digital color palette, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the blues are a lot brighter just because it's it's di- it's just different. It's done differently. Right. So whereas you might be able to use just a, a more muted color palette that would stand out, um, or there would maybe be a little more. Uh, they would draw it on maybe like a darker shade of paper or something, right. uh, like like that on the original Batman the animated series. Whereas these are all, like, there's all, like, a certain color. So if they want something, they almost have to go a much more, a much darker color right. out of their digital palette than they would where they could just sort of darken it a little more uh, uh, meticulously uh, before the, the advent of the, the digital coloration. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, you, you take, you, you like, you, you try to compare fairly between the digital and the, yeah. the original... You know, hand drawing animation, but uh, it stuck stuck out to me that everything seemed very muted, and it seemed like that was missing in this episode, especially when you have such a colorful rogues gallery, yeah, and everybody just kind of blended together. As far as the only one who st- stood out a little bit was Star Sapphire, yeah, because she has the you know the bright magenta or pink or whatever or sapphire, that sapphire, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, because of that, uh, and because. It, the animation was was not up to snuff. Um, I gave it a five out of ten. Yeah, I <laughs> I also gave it five out of ten. All right, like I said nothing. There's nothing with the exception of that first scene that we've talked about. There's nothing particularly awful, but it just you can tell also that maybe they just haven't completely found their footing yet. Agreed. And I think as we get into the later episodes, there because there's plenty of episodes in broad daylight mm-hmm. later on in the series that look great. So I'm. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about it, but yeah, it's just you know, it what it, 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 it certainly, again for the scope of the episode, it could have certainly been a lot better. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to music, Liam. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the music. I know <laughs> that you have a couple couple of points here. Um, I think it was fine. It didn't offend me. Um, I I'll let you talk about the one I think part that we both agreed yeah. on was was pretty awesome. Um, I think that. Um, you know they're still finding their footing, still early on in the series, still trying to find out uh, the best place. I would say it's improving, um, especially going from 
the lack thereof in the very first episode to where we are now. But again, you're com- comparing across shows now and recognizing the, the pivotal place that it, that it falls into the Batman Beyond or Batman the Animated Series or yeah. Superman. Whereas when you get here to this point, it's it takes a little bit of a backseat. It's not as much. Uh, it's more dialogue heavy. It's more story yeah. focused than it is about the things that uh, surround it. You know, it's not a live orchestra. It's not. Uh, the focus isn't as much on the music. So um, I gave, it's not offensive. There's a great, great one part that I think brought up the score a little bit. Yeah. I, gave, I gave it a six out of 10. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> By your laugh, I can tell that Woo! you gave the exact same score. Is I that correct? I did, in fact, also give music six out of 10. All right. <laughs> I think uh, the, as, as you alluded to, the, the moment we get, uh, almost in sequential order, we get a little bit of, uh, as the heroes are sort of wrapping up most of the, Villains, we get the you know the Justice League main theme plays, mm-hmm. and then we go we go to the scene where the Joker is about to confront Batman, and Batman sort of reveals that he's gotten free, and we finally get a little bit of the Shirley Walker Batman theme, which mm-hmm. we really haven't heard up to this point in these. We early we actually commented that it was missing yes, multiple times places. in the uh, definitely in Enemy Below and definitely in uh, in Secret Origins as well. Mm-hmm. So. I thought that was like a really, really good moment mm-hmm. uh, to hear that classic theme again, and again get get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill a little more face to face time was was cool, and we'll, obviously we'll talk about that in a minute. And, yeah, and, but the music playing those classic themes behind it, I thought, did help it. And as you said, it's not offensive for the rest of the episode, but yep. um, yeah, that that that's definitely the standout moment. We talked about that just last week with the disappearing ink when they brought back. The, the old Batman theme for that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's always cool to have those little, again, it just gives them that little bit of, that extra little continuity. thread of yeah. continuity. Absolutely. Um, and to, you know, remind you that these, this is the same character that we've been watching since 1992 or whatever. Yep, absolutely. All right, we wanted to give extra special long time uh, <laughs> here for you. Uh, to work on our final category, which is voice acting. We know we have a ton of people here yes. because of the sheer amount of... Uh, you don't even have to go into the, the Justice League regulars that we've already covered yes. here just because there's so many members of the uh, of the uh, Injustice Gang or whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, we can... Uh, uh, some of these I'll do rapid fire, and then we'll get to the ones that are actually kind of more of note. Sure. We had Stephen McCaddy as the Shade. That's mm-hmm. a fine job, not... Great, not a lot of actors. By the way, I, I love that his character. It, I'm not sure if he's supposed to resemble Howard Stern or Slash or both, but I love that they gave him the tiny circle sunglasses and, and the top hat. And the so top that, hat that tells me probably Slash. Probably case, Slash. Right? Yes, right. Uh, that's yeah. He that is probably uh, that goes a little more into visuals as well. But yeah, yeah definitely uh, more interesting character design. We have uh, Efrain Figueroa as Copperhead, <laughs> which I just so- want to mention because that's a dope. That is a dope name. There you go. Um, we have we have Jason Marsden as Snapper Carr making an appearance. There you go. And then as far as the rest of the Injustice game, we have Olivia Dabo as Star Sapphire, who's of course worth mentioning because she also plays Melanie Walker slash ten in Batman Beyond. There we go. Also goes on to play Morgan Le Fay in, in later episodes of Justice League. There you go. So a, a veteran of the DCAU here. And then the the big leads obviously are uh, Ian Buchanan as Ultra Humanite, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of weren't a huge fan of his portrayal. So it's weird because this is the first introduction into the DCAU of Ultra Humanite, and it's the the version that is half gorilla, half scientist. Yes. So a little 
short history lesson, he was at one point a bald man in a wheelchair. Right. Like an, like an evil version of Professor X, I guess, I think is maybe okay. what they were going for. Although I think Humanite came first, actually. But we, the, the, but we don't even get a backstory for him. In no, he's already Justice a gorilla League. in prison. He's a gorilla that talks, that has a giant brain. That's all we know yeah. of him. And he talks very matter-of-factly. And he's supposed to be an intellectual. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but his voice, I don't know, it, it's... It, almost doesn't match and you compare it you, the only thing you compare it to is the other talking gorilla <laughs> on the on the show um who is cast a very large shadow that being yes. of course powers booth uh playing gorilla grod uh yeah. so it's hard not to compare the two of them i just he's fine he's fine as yeah. as uh as ultra humanite but i don't know i i think that they could have done something a little bit different um, to mix things up than just having a standard human voice uh, as a gorilla talking. So yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and obviously the the top two as far as the villain department goes, we we get Clancy Brown back as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. He does more talking than every anybody else in this episode. Yeah, and you mentioned that. I mean, you already mentioned that he plays a more manic version of Lex, but you also mentioned uh, before we went on the air that you felt like he maybe is still finding his footing as playing a different... He's not the conniving, uh, behind-the-scenes yes. puppet master Lex anymore. This is... Um, I'm an arch supervillain right. now, and I, I'm he's, crazy. He's, yeah, he's more desperate. He's more He's more out of his mind, as, as we mentioned, because of he thinks he's going to die soon. Right. And he just wants this revenge before he goes, basically. Um, and he's... I mean, he's, he's very good, obviously. Mm-hmm. He, he could play this role in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's solid. Obviously, we get the return of Mark Hamill as Joker, who's very much just a supporting role here. Mm-hmm. You know, he shows up. He has you know his, the scene where he shows up and where he he knocks out Batman with the with the bag of rocks. Yeah, at the end of part one, it, it's great because we get one traditionally great Joker laugh. Mm-hmm. Where you know it starts low and then you know he, it it builds to the big crescendo. Um, and then, yeah, you get the final confrontation between Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy at, at the end of the episode of Part 2. Uh, but you also have Mark Hamill pulling double duty in this true. episode, That's true. Thank too. you for reminding me, because he also plays Solomon Grundy. That's right. They put sort of some sort of heavy effect. And I, I'm going to be interested to watch their later episodes with Grundy, because mm-hmm. I don't feel like the effect is quite as heavy in mm-hmm. later episodes. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because Mark Hamill was also voicing the Joker, and they just wanted to differentiate it as much as possible. Right. But it's the real heavy, like, uh, like deepening effects on his on his voice in this episode, mm-hmm. to the point where it's almost unrecognizable. Agreed. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize. I didn't remember that until you said something. So yeah. So uh, yeah. But so he yeah he has full double duty both as the 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 big dimwit uh, zombie. It's like this version of Grundy is definitely a lot closer to like a Hulk. Right. Like he doesn't just speak in poems like the right. comic book Grundy generally does. He's, yep. He's talking like a normal, uh, you know, he says, like, I, I don't know if he literally says Grundy Smash, but he might as well have. Um, and then, yeah, that's that kind of, outside of that, you have your, your main Justice League cast. Uh, it's a lot of Kevin Conroy, which, always a good thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and a good amount of George Newbern as Superman. Again, still finding his footing in these early episodes. And uh, you get you get the entire cast. You have Susan Eisenberg, you have Michael Rosenbaum, you have Carl Umbley, and you have uh, Phil Lamar and Maria Canales as well. So, I mean, the gang's all here. Yeah. Uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> but, um... That's good. Yeah, so it's... It's it's definitely... I think voice acting is definitely the strongest part of the episode. I don't think 
anybody outside of maybe Clancy Brown is like really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave I gave voice voice acting seven out of ten. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't imagine what your score was based on that, but uh, it's good. I don't think it's one of the best, but it's good. Yeah, um, I also gave voice acting seven out of ten. Um, I think that they're like I said, ultra humanite. Maybe it's nitpicking. Um, I think. You know, I already shared my thoughts on that, but I think everybody else is fine. Um, you know, it, Grundy is great. Joker always amazing. Um, and then you're right. You have you have some Conroy and and Hamill in, in interaction. I don't know what yeah. more else you could ask for uh, when it comes to DCAU uh, episodes. So uh, yeah, so I, that brings us to our final scores. Um, so totaling up here, Liam, it looks like that I would have a 24 out of 40. And I, of course, have a very different 23 out of 40. 23 out of 40. Um, (laughs) Always by one or two points. Yeah, it's interesting because, as we said, this was sort of an episode that plays well well in our minds. And this is definitely, like, a comfort food episode for me. Like, just because you get all these characters on the screen at the same time. So rewatchability, yay, nay? Yeah, I think definitely. I think rewatchability. It's great just to see all these characters interact at once for, for really the first time. Sure. Um, even if it's not, you know, spectacular. And as you mentioned with the, the secret society episodes later on, there's, there's certainly, this might arguably be done better Mm -hmm. later on, but, uh, you know, for the first time getting to see it, it's still, it's still pretty noteworthy to see. So I definitely say it's worth a watch. Agreed. All right, so I guess that will start wrapping us up. Uh, thank you for listening this week. As always, we are so thankful uh, for taking the time to listen to us. Don't forget to send us some feedback. Give us your thoughts on this episode. We'd love to hear some more of your thoughts on these Justice League episodes, especially since they're they are the newest of the, all of these episodes right. that we're reviewing. Um, so we we would love to hear that. Don't forget, coming up in just a few short weeks, they're releasing Justice League versus the Fatal Five. We're counting down to that. Woo! We're super excited. We're going to do a review the day that it's released. Uh, super excited and pumped to do that. So we continue in our Justice League monthly, and we got a couple of awesome episodes coming up. Yes, absolutely. Super excited about that. Um, anything else? No, I think that pretty much wraps up. As always. Uh, give us your thoughts at DCAU Review on Twitter. That's right. If you're newer to our podcast and you want to look back at some of our older episodes or if you want to search by show, head to DCAUReview.com. We have it sorted where you can you can sort sort by villain, sort by show, anything like that. So Absolutely. Uh, if you're newer to the show, first, thanks for listening. And, uh, and if you've been here since the beginning, also thank you for listening. Absolutely. So we just want to hear, as we often say, we just want to hear people talk. We just want to hear... We just want people to hear us talk. That's right. We want people to hear our voices. We want to be heard, and we would actually love to hear from you also. Correct. As to what We would you love think. to hear you in text form. There you go. Yes. Please don't talk to us any other way. I mean, never mind. <laughs> We're going to big league you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. That wraps us up. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.